Welcome to Chick Stalking Drag, hosted by Gabby and Anna. Welcome to RuPaul's Drag Race Down Under. This is the podcast you didn't know you needed until now. Beware of spoilers ahead. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Chick Stalking Drag. My name is Gabby and I'm always with Anna. Oh hey, I know you missed me. How you doing? <laughs> So we are at episode three of RuPaul Drag Race Down Under, and uh, oh, it's getting we've come so far. Oh my god! Like it's epi- already episode three of eight, so we're almost at the middle line. Isn't that crazy to think though? When literally season thirteen was like five months long, and it's like, oh, we're Drag Race Down Under. You're gonna get eight episodes. I'm like, okay, all right, come on, budget queen. (laughs) (laughs) Giving me that value for money, all righty. But that's also fair. They don't know how it's going to do. And uh, if it's it's like episode two, it's not going to do well. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I mean, we we are going to give you the tea. We're going to give you the goss. We're going to let you know, because I know you're all dying to know as to whether... We enjoyed this episode or not, considering our scathing but fair review of the Snatch Game. And the answer is, you will find out, my loves. You will find out. Well, Gabby, talk us through um, the Queen's coming back into the workroom after that absolutely shocking elimination. Like, Yeah, wow, absolutely. So Karen calls uh, Art Simone's elimination the gag of the season. And... Oh Anna does agree because she was her favorite. Yes. I can't I can't believe that somebody that I had pegged to be top four ended up going home episode two. It's like, what is that about? That I happens know. a lot Remember of times. At, at the start it happens and then it's you true. get into understanding why other queens deserve to stay for longer. For example, Bimini, uh, we would have expected her to leave at the start and then she was at well, the end game. And then, you expected that from the beginning. I, I do like, remember, but a lot of like. people it's true. thought that she was going to go home first and she didn't. It's so true. there's a lot of twists and turns that we should, and nothing is written in the stars, for sure. No. Uh, this episode's guests are Leland and Troy Sivan, which is very yeah. interesting. And they're just going to so zoom in because COVID. And uh, of course, everyone is <laughs> worried about going against Electra Shock, which I totally understand because her what, twists and turns and twists and shablams, uh, like I totally get. But they're also worried about going against Coco. And I'm like, have you seen mm. the same lip sync? Like, mm. I'm confused. Yeah, uh, they are not in a bad way, but they're honestly not a comparison because that lip sync last week was so lackluster that it was giving me UK season one lip sync vibes and I was not here for it. Like, oh yes, let me walk around the stage and point. Oh, how exciting. It's like, no. An electric shock in the first episode was like splits, tricks, turns. Yes, that's what I live for. I know how to point. I want a queen to do something that I can't do like not be a pointer sister we all know how to point it's not that it's not that difficult and speaking of delusional i i do love coco however she was absolutely thrilled that she was the one to knock out the competition which fair enough you know um art is seen as this huge competitor in the drag industry 
And, you know, that must have been really great for Coco's self-esteem. But the way that she was going about it was, mm -mm, I wasn't I wasn't feeling it. You know, it was kind of in bad taste and also tempting fate because she was describing herself as a powerhouse performer. And we all saw how that lip sync went down. Like it was only a vague improvement from what Art Simone was doing. So Art was very yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. And Coco Jumbo had a reveal, which Art Simone did not have. Mm -hmm. But it, it doesn't really matter what you're wearing, right? If if you can sell a song, you can sell a song. That's it. End of story. And she did not sell it. So this is kind of giving me a flashback to mm, Spirit of Delusion. This is not going to bode well. Let's see, let's see what happens next. Yeah, and then RuPaul comes in, well, it doesn't really come in, announces the main challenge and the girl group challenge. And uh, it was actually quite interesting to hear him just name dropping some of the biggest girl brands out there, like Spice Girl, Little Mix, uh, Fifth Harmony, and so forth. But then we get into the mini challenge, which is a slow motion surf yes. for rescue Called, uh, on the name of Babe Watch. Do you want to take us away with that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's not really a lot to say about the mini challenge because obviously we've got the huge main challenge to get into, but it's sponsored by Manscaped. So that's a different underwear sponsor than we're used to in the oh, UK yeah. and the US. So I don't know if you noticed that, but Manscaped are great. By the way, they sent my man some um, lovely goodies for his balls and he loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Just in, just in case you wanted to know, ball shaver, ball gel, all the ball stuff you could possibly want. And I was like, oh, look, they're wearing your underwear. That's so funny. Yeah, and so this this mini challenge, basically the queens had to dr dress as lifeguards while Rue got all horny and started screaming things like, jiggle them titties, bitch. Mm. I was just like, this is so bizarre. What am I watching? Like, to be honest, in any time that we see the mini challenges, we have no idea what's going on. It's just a bit of fun, right? No one takes it too seriously. So we, we had the queens with some helium balloons down their top, slow-mo running, all the things you could possibly want for Babe Watch, just the drag version. And then Rue announces that Scarlet Adams and Electra Shock are the winners because we all know that the producers love to set up some drama, which will make sense later because we're going to get into the nitty gritties of it. But those are the two team captains. Do you agree with them winning the challenge? I mean, Actually, yes. Just a minute, I did. Right? I did because uh, I remember that what I wrote about Electra is that she was a lol. <laughs> I also wrote the same for Scarlett. Where, whereas well, yeah. for everyone else, I was like, looks bastard, clown, whatever. So I think... Well, you're nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, always. Always straight to the not point. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it was the right for people. But at the same time, we both know that uh, both of them teach dance for a living so well, exactly like well, you that, can that see that every time Electra does uh, does a lip sync when she shablams the house down like yes and we know well, that Arlette is the um, is the choreographer of the burlesque shows and she's exactly. she is a pole dancer so there's two like powerhouses who can choreograph the house down and we're about to find out. So the Dancing Divas, aka Electra and Scarlet, are uh, set up the teams. And do you do you want to take it away as to who everyone's got on a team? Yeah, sure, absolutely. 
So we have Scarlet Steam, which is called the Outback Fake Hose, which includes etc. etc. Coco Jumbo and Anita Wiglet. Whereas we have Electra Steam, which is called <laughs> Three and a Half Men and includes Karen, Kitamin, and Maxi Shield. Of course. Now, what do you what do you think of, oh, so, what do you think of the names? I don't know if you got this, but um, did you get the puns? Yeah, uh, Three and a Half Men is also like the TV show. Right, but the fake fake back hose, fake back hose, out back. Fake, fake, uh, actually, actually, it's um. I didn't know this, but my partner said when he was watching it, it's actually a parody of Steakhouse. So Steakhouse. Ah, you get it? You yeah. get it? You get it? Yeah. Clearly, as a vegetarian, I didn't get that. But then I was like, oh, Outback Steakhouse. I get that it. Makes sense, you <laughs> that know. completely makes sense. Well, now, what do you think about this? Scarlett explicitly states that she doesn't want Maxi Shields in her team, but Maxi couldn't give a rat's ass, apparently. Now, I don't know about you, but whenever I say I don't care about something, it usually means that I give a lot of flying fucks about it, and I actually <laughs> do care. I'm just trying to save face. Do you think that she was just trying to f- save face, or do you think that she just really didn't care? I think Maxi is kind of above it, because like, right. if you have been doing drag for as long as she does, she has, been, like, she has seen bitchiness happen. Like, we all know that the drug scene is not an easy pie to handle. No. So I think that she already had these situations in her Mm -hmm. life and she's in, like, a zen position. And What we have to bear in mind as well is that she is actually older. Like, isn't she, like, she's, like, 40? 40. Nearly 40, is she? Yeah. Ooh, 40. I mean, it's very, right. It's crazy because she doesn't look. She doesn't look that. She doesn't look that old. Not that that is like super old, but she doesn't look that age. So maybe maybe you're right. It's kind of that she's just like, well, I'm an old bitch now. Like rise above it. I don't really care. Do what you got to do. Like live out your pettiness to yourself. You know. Well, anyway, queens begin to write their verses for Queen Down Under, and like you said earlier, we've got Leland and Troy Savan helping them out. And what I just really want to point out, because I absolutely, <laughs> I absolutely love them, especially Troy Savan. He's great. Yeah. Um, did you find it so funny where they were, you know, giving them brief advice about getting fucked hard in the asshole and about being a big bottom bear back, bottom raw dog, bottom bitch? I was like, oh my god, that's a mouthful to get out, but. <laughs> As we all know, that is the key to dominating the gay music industry, apparently. And I was like, okay, <laughs> so they say. this is my new mantra. All right. <laughs> I do Let's love Chris Van, and I always loved the fact that he was so open about his sexuality, and, like, he never hid it when he was doing music. And, like, if you, I don't know if you remember the My Youth. Uh, yes. Period, like, one of the first EP that he, he came out with and uh, it was all about like this relationship between two two Mm -hmm. young gay guys which was great to see and like it was like a fully fledged work of art and it was mainstream like it wasn't as mainstream because it wasn't like tv televised but because Troy Sivan already had this massive following on youtube it just made it so mainstream and like 
he has a lot of views until now. Yeah, he has millions of views. So, I mean, he's he, he's still doing well for himself, so yeah. he can he can he can get fucked in the asshole whenever he wants. Apparently, <laughs> if you say so, I do understand that. I'm not for it. I mean, no, because I have a condition that doesn't allow me to. But that's right. for another type of podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're not here to talk about anal wars, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we do get into um, the session and um, rehearsal bit of this challenge, and I think it's very straightforward. There's not mm-hmm. much to say, but I think in the recording bit, there's just two things to say because everyone apparently was great. But Coco and Maxi Shield had a little bit of a struggle in getting their verse there and getting the, re- the right rhythm. But other than that, apparently everyone was great. And this is weird because like, I've seen so many episodes of American Drag Race and UK Drag Race, and generally there's a lot more people that suck. Yeah, that's true. Do you remember, do you remember when we were watching uh, Canada's Drag Race? Not sorry about it. Yes. You, you fell asleep while we were watching it and then you watched it again the next day and then you were just like, I'm so confused. Like, I don't know who's going to be in the top and I don't know who's going to be in the bottom because so many people forgot their words. They forgot the choreography. They didn't know what they were doing. They're just standing there. And I was like, yeah. I actually really enjoyed the challenge despite all the many mistakes. But you're right. No one particularly stuck out like an extremely sore thumb. Like, it wasn't a catastrophe. It's just yeah. that some people were better than others, right? Yeah, and uh, talking about the choreography rehearsal, there's two things that stuck up. One right. is that Electra, basically, her team, there is the first time in drag race history ever that the team has no argument while learning the choreography. Everyone was happy with, while learning. Karen even said that enjoyed learning the choreography. And then... Uh, Scarlet and etc etc that's another story they but, and l- let's put it this way though we all know that the producers like to stir some shit up they like to st- serve the tea so it doesn't mean that the other team didn't have drama it's just that they didn't show the drama because you know i'm sure there were some little conflicts but they just weren't interested enough to make it on tv right but at the same time it was just refreshing that for the first right. time in more than 13 episodes, <laughs> that a team doesn't fucking argue, doesn't argue. for 20 minutes on the stage. But, you know, going back to Electra, one thing I really did want to point out was there's, this is the first time that she's taught dance since the dance studio she owned shut down and she lost her home. And you were saying earlier that she's actually living in, in a garage now, right? Yeah, she said so. And that's why... What she said is that that's the reason her drug looks cheap now. Because she lost yeah. everything and she had sold every sell everything. She doesn't explain I mean, that's why that happened. She yeah. never explained why that happened. And uh, I think is a very personal moment for her. And yeah. maybe she might talk about it more openly when she gets um, further in the competition. Yeah, But knowing that that something that happened she's like alisa edwards in a way but like uh alisa edwards always had their school dance school and she did she's so admirable because she's teaching young kids no matter if you're straight exactly. no matter if you're gay that you're worth it and i think that is the same thing electra was doing until 
yeah. something happened to her and we don't know. I, I, I think th- I think the reason that she didn't go so much into it, I think it's actually because she doesn't want people to feel sorry for her. And she and she's also trying to show that she's not using it as an excuse. She's not trying to say that uh, the reason I mean, she kind of did say that, you know, I don't have money and, you know, I can't afford the same things as other people in the competition. But at the same time, she's not using it as an excuse. And the the problem is with drag race culture right now is that everyone expects you to have these really put together, polished looks. You need to look super expensive. But what people don't know is the actual cost of going into drag race is phenomenal. It's a lot more than people think. And some queens have literally spent £20,000 and can you imagine if you're the person the first person going home and you've spent all that money like it, it is heartbreaking so i really do commend Electra, and i honestly think that the judges should give her more credit where credit's due because this is this is a queen who's been through some rough shit doesn't make excuses for it and is trying her damn hardest like it kind of reminds me of chi chi devane she yeah. in the competition with no money everything she she came with was made from, she made it from scratch and yeah. she got to the final four so i think there's always like a redemption moment and uh, i'm sure that we're gonna say it for her because uh, like until yeah, now definitely. if we paid attention if we all paid attention there is a lot of air time and screen time for electra so there is. And I really think that she's got that kind of underdog um, vibe going on. She's, she's going to, I feel like she's going to have kind of like a Bimini breakthrough. Mm-hmm. She's, she's, she's going to, she's going to work through the competition. She's going to rise through the ranks and she's, she's going to do well, I think. Yeah, and what was, what was really nice and genuine about this moment was the fact that, uh, you know, Maxie and Karen really seemed to appreciate and dancing ability you know they were they were very kind about what she was saying yeah and karen even said that she would deserve to win the challenge like in which in which episode of drag race have you ever heard <laughs> that someone else deserved to win the fucking challenge right? ever, ever. To, be, to be honest i i don't think i i don't think i've heard that i don't think Never. i've heard that before but, but like you get. said team scarlet is um completely opposite of that do yeah. you want to tell us about that about the etc etc and scarlet clash of course is and, one co- of and coco episodes. versus etc so basically everyone is <laughs> <laughs> one of those episodes in which uh, there is uh, too many cooks in the kitchen and uh, right. it happens every single time one person is like we should do it like that and uh, the other person is like no i am in charge right. so i I, des- I get to decide how it actually gets done and eventually by magic it's like one of those step-up movies in which the they fall in oh my love God, I used to and love then they, they, they choreograph something and then one of the person leaves and then on the say on the date of the performance oh they come back and magically they know every single step even though <laughs> for sure that uh, that routine went through some changes from the by the time they mean. left to the time of the performance but they come in they know exactly what they have to do that is a ready rupaul drag race every time there is a dance challenge <laughs> yeah but uh, I know it's so true, right? I do also want. I do also want to say about um, you know Coco coming for etc. She was she was saying that she surrounds herself with amateurs back in Sydney, and I was like, that's a really shitty thing to say. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, what do you mean? 
that's rude no well possibly like we have to remember that Exeter is actually the youngest person in the room so yeah we don't know what she actually means but at the same time it could just mean that she surrounds herself with young queens yeah but just because etc is is young does not mean that she's not polished i think i think she's definitely a contender to watch honestly from what i've seen from her yeah no absolutely really. so, so coco, coco just doesn't like her and yeah i guess maybe she feels threatened I think that's fair. We had so many moments in which people just don't like each other and they don't have to be friends because this is a RuPaul's best friend. The same RuPaul's best friend race. Now, speak, speaking of the same RuPaul's best friend race, I guess we should jump into the actual challenge performance and find out which group got us feeling... Rudy. Got us, that's Rudy. what I'm looking for. <laughs> so we get to Elimination Day and uh, just one thing, little thing, we should point out Coco finds a note saying watch out. Dun 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 dun. No one knows who wrote it. No one knows why that note is there, but it's there. And then Yeah, and then we get to runway and RuPaul is wearing this luxurious gown. But Ru was looking like my birthstone in that sapphire blue. She was glittering for days. And the runway challenge for this week is Bogan Prom Realness. But yes. let's keep that for a minute and actually go yeah, on the back Outback Feco's performance. So I think it's very clear from the beginning who the strongest team is. On Team Scarlet, we've got Anita who brings comedy gold with her wacky dance movements and the over-the-top facial expressions. And, and while, yes, she does miss some steps, the, the thing is, you don't really care. And in fact, you don't really notice so much because you're just so in love with the way that she's performing. She looks so happy. She looks so joyful. And then you've got the contrast with Scarlett where her choreography is tight, in sync, and bad bottom bitching. I was like, yes. I could not take my eyes off her during her performance. And she had this whole Ariana Grande, Grande ponytail fantasy happening. Yeah, and I was like, did. this is a pop star. I was like, come on, take my money, girl. <laughs> I I personally have no negative comments on the Outdate Fakos. I just have chef kisses for that choreography, that moment, yeah. the lyrics, everything was good, everything was tight. Whereas we well, get the only the person end- that seemed to flub was Coco from that group, honestly. Because yeah. she, she she did mess up a, a few lyrics. Was she terrible? No, not really. Oh. Can she sing? What's your definition of singing? Hmm, you know, maybe maybe she had laryngitis. It's okay. It's okay. You know, you know, and and also I just want to say about the song as well. Like this is no frog destroys anthem, and it doesn't have us shouting in Tesco's about how much we love Bing Bang Bong. But the queens make the most of the song that they're given, and I do feel like they make it their own. But yeah. I'd love to hear what you think about Team Electra's shock. What do you think about this team in contrast to the Scarlet Crew? Well, I guess that feels the choreography feels very simple, but is but, like but messy. <laughs> not not messy. I just feel like when you're given lemon, you try to make a lemonade, but it's not always gonna taste right. good. It depends how good the lemons are. Like Electra shines uh, as a dancer and as a performer, Definitely. but the rest uh, mainly try to do their job. Like I think that 
you can see that they're not in their element and they're just trying to get through the challenge. Well, it's like electroshock is the Beyonce and they're all the Michelles. Or, like she put it, the person who left the band before Michelle was even there. I was like, wait, I don't remember this. Is this exactly. what, what are you saying? What are you uh, saying? Have you, do you not know? Let's do some uh, little history lessons. A little quiz here. Go on. Uh, educate the children. Feed let's them. Educate the children. Destiny Child used to be a foursome before they became a threesome. And while they were a foursome, Ooh. they changed like three people. So, first they changed. Uh, one of the girls, and then they changed right. both girls, and then so do they have names? We had uh, Michelle coming okay. into the mix, and that's when they became actually famous. But of course, I see. this is all history lesson. This is for the children that weren't even born in the nineties. Well, and to be honest, like I don't, I don't re really agree with the way that the the judges came across electorate in this challenge. Like, yeah, yeah, okay, the the choreography was not it in terms of the other queens not being able to pick up the choreography. But is it her fault if she is the Beyonce and they're the Michelles and they're not able to keep up with her? With the exception of Kidamine, the other queens were messy. Like, yeah, I don't know what they would do. Maxi was like sliding across the floor uh, maybe she was cleaning them with her massive breasts you know? <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know i don't know no i was confused by the choreography but like i was com mainly confused by the judge's critique which we'll get into in a minute so we get we to will. the runway yes and i think my only two mentions are scarlet yeah, it's really good, and what I really enjoyed. Of course, you can go into it more from the fashion. Oh, absolutely! View, but what I really enjoyed was the metallic bag, which was a wine bag, and she was just distributing wine to the people. <laughs> and then, that was uh, so funny. Yeah, and then Maxi Shield, which gave us super own realness. And what All I right. really found funny was the fact that she reminded me of Auntie Hilda so much. And um, that is a reference for all my friends out there that used to watch The Nanny. If you know The Nanny and Francesca Cacace, hit me up. <laughs> the hashtag is chick talking drag. We can talk about it. So I know that you mentioned that you did love Scarlett's look. And I have to agree. She was definitely one of my standouts. Like, I really loved how she had that kind of um, Siggy layered necklace. And then she had the goon bag dress. I mean... This is the kind of shit that you imagine when someone says to you, drag race down under, like it's stupid, it's fun, it's campy, it's and, uh, and, the, and the dress dr pours a drink. Like what more could you want? Oh, want a cigarette? Sure. Want a drink? Okay, even, be <laughs> even better. So Anita also had this kind of uh, cigarette fantasy happening, but I just feel like the way that Scarlett did it was so much, was a little bit more like streamlined. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. And I liked Karen's frilly 80s inspired look, which was giving me extreme Bankira vibes. <laughs> it was beautifully camp. It was very camp. I was, yeah. I was like, yes, this is what I look for in a drag queen. Meanwhile, Coco Jumbo, however, I don't know what, I don't know what brief she got, um, but apparently she was searching for aubergines in a deep purple number and 
thinks she's going to find them in a grubby bush. Okay. Like yeah. it was kind of, it was kind of basic. It wasn't as elevated as the other looks, but she looked beautiful. Her, her mug is always be, and we can always count on her for a beautiful, beautiful makeup look, but it was not enough. And I have to say as well about Electra, they were really ripping into her tonight. And this is another comment that I don't agree with. Like they really didn't enjoy her look. And I was like, Actually, this was actually one of my favorite looks on the runway. Like, yeah. I thought that her gold mullet dress was genuinely bogan prom, as opposed to the basic drag that Michelle says. And she was out dancing everyone else on stage. So what more did, do you want? Like, in uh, UK Drag Race, Bimini was basically praised for doing the exact same thing. So what's yeah. the difference? Yeah. What's the difference? You, tell me. But we I do get to the elimination. And we have... Karen and etc. etc. as safe. We have Anita, Scarlett, and Kitamine as the tops. And then we have uh, Coco, Electra, and Maxi Shield as the bottoms. Do you agree with the situation? Yes, to an extent. So I do I do agree with the the top three. I do feel that Scarlett, Anita, and Kida were the strongest performers. Yeah. I immediately know who's going to win, and I predicted that from the moment I saw the performance. Anyway, let us know um, who is it. <laughs> it is Scarlett Adams. Scarlett Adams is the winner of this challenge, and it's a very well deserved win. And I do agree with Coco, Electra, and. Um, Maxi Shields being the bottom. However, I do not agree with the bottom two because yeah. I don't think that Electra Shock should have been the bottom two because she gave us tricks for our nerves. Although we know that the producers wanted this shit to happen. They wanted a showdown between the so-called two lip sync assassins yeah. because they basically wanted Coco out of the competition. Spoiler alert, Coco goes home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about Which it. Which song she goes home? So the two lip sync assassins, they are lip syncing to the disco ep epic Shake Your Groove Thing by Peaches and Herbs, which is a classic. We all know it. We all love it. We're all down for it. Yeah. However, Electra is really angry at the fact that she's at, in this lip sync, and I don't really blame her. Um, I don't. You know, but, you know, it's clear who's going to win from the beginning, I think. But it is a, a tight lip sync in the fact that Coco is showing more in this lip sync than she did in the, the first lip syncs that she did last yeah. week. So I'm like, okay, now I can see a bit more of the kind of performer that you are, um, the kind of moves that you can pull out. Like they both did really well, honestly. And I wouldn't have been surprised if it was a double save. However, I do feel like Electra had the kind of edge over Coco. Yeah. I mean, she's twirling, she's sashaying, she's, She's doing splits. She's doing back bends. She's yeah, doing everything, she and I, she she really is the lip sync in this this competition. She hasn't had a bad lip sync yet, but I don't know how many times she's going to be in the bottom. You know, who's going to oh, be able to send know. her? Home? There's been times that people got in the were in the bottom like four or five times and still managed to get to the end of it. I'm talking about you. You're talking about Cameron Michaels, are you not? Yes. Yeah, but to be fair, Karen Michaels was a fierce queen and a great performer. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Well, anyway, Coco sadly goes home and it's, it's kind of, it was, the, the writing was on the wall, to be honest. It was kind of obvious that she was going to be going home this, this episode because the producers really did edit it in a way that she 
was feeling delusional about it sending Simone home. She was feeling her oats. She was thinking she was being amazing at everything, and she is an amazing queen. Don't get me wrong, but this performance just was not it. Yeah, sadly, from the start in this on this episode at least. But we and do get a preview week, for next week. We have a sewing challenge. We have a sewing challenge. Like, let me repeat it again. It's the sewing challenge. Next week, we're going to discover who can sew, who went to RuPaul Drag Race, not knowing how to sew, even though it's 13 years that it's been mm. on the air. <laughs> like, to be honest, um, not a lot of them are fashion queens. The fashion queen has gone fun. home. So this could be a very lackluster um, challenge again. It could be. Another episode it could like be that? Amazing. I don't want another be. episode like that. I know, I know, but I'm just trying to be realistic too, to protect don't our Don't be realistic, please. Okay, okay. It's going to be amazing. They're going to be fantastic. Yeah. They're all going yeah. to know how to sew. Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. They're going to be amazing. No Amen. one's going to be in the bottom. <laughs> wow. Ooh, and that exciting. is the end of this episode. There we go, guys. What did you think? Please use the hashtag Chicks Talking Drag to tell us your thoughts. Did you enjoy it more than Snatch Game? Because we, we definitely, <laughs> we definitely did. One million percent. And we are so excited <laughs> to see you next week. Thank you and, and good night. Actually, there is a little surprise. Oh. The, the Queens for the Spanish version of RuPaul Drag Race <gasps> is on its way. Oh my god, I did not know that, even though I was the one who told you. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know. Don't forget to watch RuPaul Drag Race Down Under on Stan Australia, TV and Z, while present anywhere else in the world. And of course, BBC3 and BBC iPlayer in the UK.